This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast. On this Saturday morning, August the 13th, 2022, we've got a beautiful day here in the Midwest. Blue skies, nice cool weather, great day for a walk in the woods in the greatest nation on God's green earth. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast on this Saturday morning, special edition. We're glad that you're here with us. If you haven't subscribed yet, run over to AffirmAmerica.com. Give us your email address. We'll let you know when the next episode is released. All right, today we have a special interview. Hope you enjoy this. This is a Saturday edition of the Affirm America podcast. Thanks for checking in with us today. Let's get to it. We've got a uh, special guest today that I met out in uh, a couple weeks ago here at the Grace Brethren Church from the National School Board Leadership Council meeting. She had a booth out there, and she had an interesting story, so I thought I would invite her on our podcast today to tell us a little bit about what she's doing. She has a unique way of teaching. She just started a school online as a result of some of the things that she saw going on in our public school system and when, while she was in college, and she realized that it's an area that needs some revisions, some overhaul. And uh, she joins us today on the Affirm America podcast. Her name is Moira Hamilton. Good morning. How are you? Thank you, Marcus. It's wonderful to be here. Good morning. Great. Well, I we got a chance to talk a little bit uh, before we we started today, and uh, I'm going to let uh, Moira tell you a little bit about her background and then talk to you a little bit about her school that she started. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, you know where you went to school and, and what brought you to where you are today and how you had this epiphany and realized that there needs an area that needs some serious revision. So tell us a little bit about your background, Maura, where you went to school and how you got here today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'd love to. So my background, I actually was a chef for most of my life, but um, my husband and I really love to serve our community and be a part of that service. Is actually even the name of my head nonprofit, Service of God. But I really believe in community service. And so my husband and I decided we would become foster parents. And we ended up um, getting some medically fragile. We're medically fragile foster parents. And we adopted um, a sibling group. And it just changed my life. After seeing the injustices that they went through, through even the two years we had them, um, through visitations and the abuse and the CPS and the nonstop parent aids. And it was just horrible. Um, but I literally was given these children and told, you know, here's the medicine and they're going to most likely pass away in a few weeks. Um, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in impossible. So we just took it to, uh, you know, the father above and we followed what the doctor's protocols were. And next thing you know, my kids are quite healthy. They have not really got rid of their disabilities, but they are very healthy. And two of them are in college and my youngest is now, you know, in, in our high school. But it changed my world finding out that all youth are possible. And so because it was such an a very extensive routine to take care of these children, um, I would go to community college and I would start doing artwork. After 
so many t classes and so forth. They're like, you have to pick a major. <laughs> I was like, okay. So of course I chose art. Uh, I ended up graduating valedictorian and I was um, nominated for a scholarship, which I won. And where'd you and, go to school at? Um, it was called the All Arizona Academic Award. And I won that and I got to choose any university in Arizona that I could um, go to and would pay for my complete bachelor's tuition. So I ended up in Tucson and I went to the University of Arizona and I double majored um, with fine arts and Latin American studies. I chose Latin American studies because of my children and their background. They're, from, uh, Lat they're from Latin America? Well, they're, they're through their grandparents. They're from Cuba and Mexico. Okay. So they really, you know, as I just wanted to honor that and know more about that. I even learned Spanish as a result of that. They don't speak it, but I wanted to teach them, right? And I felt it was really important to understand their culture and their, their heritage because it's, you know, who they are. That's a part of who they sure. are. So, but while I was there, though, I was really, you know, I had a great time at U of A, um, but I also got to see this liberal set of mindset, this set of you know, CRT or social emotional learning, this ability that one one group of kids or one group of youth are, are they're, damn, I hate to use the word damn, but they, I, I, it's my word, it's damned because they're this color. And these ones need to feel guilty because they're this color. And mm. I'm like, what is going on here? Mm. And I also saw this in a community as my kids were approaching middle school age at this time, their friends and stuff, and they would say, well, we, we're never going to go to college. You know, we don't have any opportunities. I can't afford it. And they don't want me there anyway. And I was like, where are you learning this? So I did something on the side in Arizona called Servicio, and I had these children working community service. We started a literacy program where we taught younger kids in the libraries. We worked in the community gardens and built toys and you know, things to ride on. But that caught the attention of Columbia and Harvard. And so they came after me for education. And I was like, okay, well, um, I chose Columbia because my husband's grandfather is Alexander Hamilton. And oh, I really? Argue. Okay, that's right? the so um, that's the connection to your last name. That's right. So I chose that one, and um, I went there, and I had some great experiences, but for the most part of it, actually, I didn't. I was really upset because I went to teachers' college, and what they were teaching the teachers is the same thing is this 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 mindset that these kids are just damned from the word go. I mean, you're born and, oh, heaven forbid, you have no life. And I'm like, when do we start teaching? And I, I even was on Senate there at Columbia. And I would stand up and go, when are we going to start teaching these kids that they're possible? Well, the moment I started doing <laughs> the whole world changed yeah. around. The students would follow me. They would harass me. They gave me so, I was so depressed. It was hard for me even to get out of bed. And I was like, Really? As just because I believe that all youth are possible, I'm sorry. I don't care about your background. I mean, I don't care, you know, if you're poor or rich. I don't care what you want to be in your future. My job as an, you know, as an educator should be to teach you the foundations and to show you the path for you to go live your dream, not my dream, your dream. And I was just abolished for that thought and hated for that thought. In fact, even when I graduated, I graduated with a 4.2, and they wouldn't even let me read at graduation because of my points of view. And, and this, is, like, this is Columbia University in New York City, right? This is Columbia University in New York City. Yeah. So there you That's go, folks. Uh, right from the uh, student's mouth uh, about Columbia University. So if you're thinking about sending your kids there, uh, you might want to think twice. Right. I had a, even a class at Columbia 
where it was an oral histories class. And I love history. It's my favorite subject beside art. And all my artwork is about history. But I was pulled aside and I was told to read a book, and everyone should know this book, called White Fragility. And I was told to read this book because we were going to do some interviews with older people who had gone to school back, you know, in the 30s and stuff to create this oral history program. And so we we're doing some mock interviews and I was asked, did I recognize my white privilege as a child? And I was like, children don't recognize this. Children don't see racism. I mean, go look at a daycare, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're picking each other's nose or eating off the same plate. They don't see that. They just see friends. Sure. And my teacher heard this and pulled me into her office and told me, before you interview anybody, I need you to read this book. I have never highlighted a book so much in my life. I was on that plane. I read through that book. I was mortified mm. by the thought. And I went back and I complained about her. And I was like, um, I, and here's what I went on. It's not the book per se, because I knew they'd probably be like, whatever. But I was like, you cannot assign me something different than the rest of the class. I'm already getting an A in this class. Why was I pulled aside? This is not on the syllabus. And you cannot give me a separate assignment. And that's how I stood my ground. You know, you went with the, the rules and she actually had a backlash against her. But then I also lost every single scholarship the following year because I made a stink. Yeah. Yeah. doesn't surprise me. And I, that was my first, you know, I was like, this is, Col this is Columbia University. My, I literally stayed in a dorm across from where my great grandfather went to school at King's College. Yeah. And I was like, this is unbelievable. And so after I graduated and they wouldn't let me read, I went to the school system and it happened to be during COVID. And then I really got to see it. I mean, every lesson plan is mandated that it's in a social emotional learning format. Yes. The CRT. Right. And I was like, what in the world is going on here? And then this actually work with the youth. And I probably, I always say I might've been the only t teacher teaching live. And I, that's probably not true, most likely, but I have learned in a lot of states they would even ban the teachers from being live. They have to create a video or just put out an assignment, no communication, only by email, and that just they just bailed. Mm. They bailed on the children. I did not do that. I stood my ground and said, "You could fire me if you like to, but I'm going to teach these children." And I was the art teacher, and I ended up teaching budget. I ended up teaching scholarships. I ended up teaching FAFSA. I ended up teaching them all these things as the art teacher. But the kids would tell me, teachers don't care like you. They don't believe in us. And I would just, and they would cry about it. These mm. are higher high school. How many times have you seen a young man in high school cry? Uh, not I, too I, much, I, no. Not too much. But they're terrified of their futures because they're not prepared. Yeah. Or they're told they don't have a future because they're black or white or whatever that, you know, they might be. And I was like, this is so wrong. And so after my contract was over, um, I decided I better get to work because we need to stand for our children. We need to stand now, because if we don't stand now, who's going to? And I am praying and I hope things get changed. But even until that happens, what about now? Sure. And I think a lot of parents, you know, realize what was going on during the COVID shutdown because they were, you know, they're all at home and they could see, look over the shoulders. And I think it really woke up a lot of parents to realize what, what they're being taught because you know, right. parents are, they don't know, they're, they're working nine to five, they're busy, you know, they trust in their school system. And, but, you know, until they, uh, you know, could, they were, could listen over their shoulder, they could see exactly what was being taught. Right. And, COVID uh, was a blessing in a weird way. Right. Exactly. Right? And I, I hate to say that it's a blessing, you know, nobody wants to get COVID or, or whatever, but 
parents got to see. I mean, you think your children are protected in schools. And, you know, you're just, everything's yeah, you would hope fine. So. It's not fine. No, it's not. My, my neighbor showed me a book from her kindergarten grandbaby just this last year, and it was a comic book version of how two men, literally step-by-step, of how two men have sex. We saw it at the uh, National oh. School Board Council uh, leadership. There was a, oh, there was a, there was a uh, book table right. there, oh, and I they showed the them board. whole bunches yes, of them. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. And I was like, this is ridiculous. This is illegal. When I went to school, this was called pornography. That's right. And there's a health class, and I think that, that should be, you know, I, to what extent that that should go into. I don't think step-by-step instructions are really important for health class either. But when you're in a, when you're in high school, I think a good idea of health class is great. But not at five. No. And I'm not sit there and indoctrinate these children when they should be learning ABCs, one, two, threes, and dreaming, especially in kindergarten, dreaming still. Yeah, right? Exactly. Okay, we're going to take a little break. And then we're going to continue our interview with Mora Hamilton from the Hamilton Liberty Academy. We'll be back in just a moment. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about our new sponsor. I think we all agree that the COVID shutdown wasn't a good idea. And if your business was affected by the COVID virus shutdown in 2020 and 2021, then you could be eligible for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee. This is not a government-free money giveaway. This is a rebate of the taxes you paid the government during the COVID shutdown. The Employee Retention Tax Credit is available now till December 31, 2024. Let the experts with their qualified CPA team who have processed over 7,000 claims do all the work for you. If you have a minimum of five and a maximum of 500 W-2 employees, then go to www.applyertctoday.com. There's no cost and you'll find out exactly how much you would qualify to the exact penny. Go to applyertctoday.com and find out how much you may qualify for. Even if you applied for the PPP loan during the COVID virus, you still qualify for the employee retention tax credit. Again, go to applyertctoday.com. Okay, we're back with Moira Hamilton from the Hamilton Liberty Academy. So let's go ahead and continue our interview with her. And I just couldn't believe it. She's mortified. And um, I kind of help her on the side, you know, because she's like my grandchildren. And I just said, you know, the time is now. I opened it without accreditation or nonprofit. I mean, I was pending. I mm-hmm. definitely filed. But I said, I don't want to wait one minute. And I ended up with five students. And that was, a, I think, a true miracle. Um, I can't wait to get more. But I did not wait. So, uh so after you went through these experiences at uh, Columbia and you decided to, to act on it, then you, you opened up a, a school called I Hamilton did. Liberty Academy, right? Yes, I did. Um, it's nationwide and it's online. And I, I get some kickback from that. People are like not really loving the online and I can't blame them. I see what they saw through COVID. What makes me different is I'm live. We're unmuted. We have small class sizes. We work one-on-one with the, the children. We do this kind of of this program of I do, we do, you do, which I show you, and then we do it together, and then you 
show me back or you present it, you know? So it's building retention and critical thinking skills, right? And I, and everything is art integrated, whether we use color theory and math or our economics program that literally built food trucks from scratch, from business plans, went through economy and had to really rebudget all of that. They built their so, so So wait a minute. So you're, so through your art integration, you're teaching economics. Is that what I heard too? So Yes. Yes, we are. Through our integration, I'm teaching every subject. So I have wonderful well, that's, texts. That's a novel idea. It is. And it's, it, there's a few schools that do that. Um, not very many. But I also believe that most children don't learn that same way. And our high schoolers truly go onto computers when in, in class. They go straight onto computers. And I was like, you know, that's, that's not something I, I would necessarily want. If I'm going to do this online, how interactive can I make this? I send them microscopes. We did a great project with microscopes, photographed our own blood through the microscopes and the kids painted it afterwards. I mean, just, or the economics where they literally built a business. And then when the economy started getting really bad, our instructor made them go back and redo their budgets with current pricing. And then they pitched it at a shark week. And these kids could truly roll out this business. I was, I, that's one of my favorite things. I mean, and then my husband who taught health and nutrition, he also did child development section of it where I, they have some times where you can send out those baby dolls. Well, he's like, we're not going to do that. That's quite expensive. So he created paper dolls where he's like, every kink in that paper doll, kids, that's going to be a hospital trip and you're going to have to do an incident report. And then they colored all of these. And then they did this collage at the end of their whole life cycle of their child. And I was like, this is unbelievable. Um, as he teaches systems, everybody draws out the skeleton, draws out the system, and then he made these huge flashcards, you know, flip books. And so we try to make this really interactive, and not everything's painting. We do music, we do advertising, we do photography, um, sculpture, everything I can put into this, poetry, creative writing, to make it have a different scope to it. Give these kids something different than just a computer and memorize this. Here, take this test. In fact, testing, we don't even do. Very often you get a quiz, and that's usually in, not, not very often do you get a quiz, but you do in math or a language because we have to somewhat understand the level that you're at. Have you got that concept? Most of the time it is a, a, um, it is a present, presentation back to us where you are literally almost teaching us that class mm. or we have a discussion mm -hmm. and you have to tell us all about it so that we can judge your retention and also your critical thinking because we want to show you both sides and make you go and do the research and come back with what do you think. Um, here's an instance because of election seasons, right? I is like, when you go look at a candidate, they can say whatever they want to, but this is how I vote. I go look at their past. What have you done in your past? You may not have ever been a congressman or a senate before, but your past will show me. What have you done for your community? What did you do for your family? And that will show you the kind of person who they are in the works, right? I love faith, faith without works is dead. Mm. It's like, but that's the same thing. We should judge people by their character. In fact, Dr. Martin Luther King even said so. I dream of a world where my children won't be judged off of the color of their skin, but on their character. Absolutely. So tell everybody um, the information about your school. It's What's, what's the website? So it's HamiltonLibertyAcademy.com. Or you could call me. Our phone number is 202-681-0742. Either way, um, also our email, you could reach out to us, and that's also HamiltonLibertyAcademy at gmail.com. 
and we are available to answer any questions. We also, um, if we're in session, our school is on summer break right now, but if we're in session, the parents or the child can even come and do a, a guest class and see how they would like it, see what we're doing. We, or they could watch a recording. I have, I have no problems even showing parents a recording from last year so that they can see what are we doing. We have a couple open houses that are coming, virtual open houses where parents can come uh, next Friday and the following Wednesday and they can come and just talk to us about what we're doing. Um, What's your age group for so attendance? We are solid on middle school, 7th through 12th. We ran high school last year. Um, I did not get any little ones. We can't absolutely do the younger grades. My concern is, is the relationship with the parent, trying to have a younger one stay in front of a computer, even with all the, the fun interaction and the supplies. I need to know that the child needs a break. I need to know that how can I help that child or the child needs to come back for that class. And, and that is something we're very, very willing to do. But you're talking about people who are doing two or three jobs right now just to pay for food or pay for their bills. So we don't all have that choice. But I'm most concerned with our teenagers because they are about ready to hit that street. They're about ready to become our young adults and they need to get their mindset right. They you need bet. to know who they are and where they're going. You know, and hopefully if I don't get younger ones, I can help them out and really get things straight by the time they're in middle school. But we are ready to do K through 12. Great. Well, uh, Maura Hamilton, headmaster for Hamilton Liberty Academy. Hey, thank you for joining us today on the uh, Firm America podcast. I think these things are going to start springing up all over the place. People are just fed up with the public school system. We need alternatives. We need school choice. And it's just, uh, it's, it's time has come. It is ready. It's ripe. And you're leading the way. So kudos and to you for, for stepping out. And It's truly a pleasure. I, I say that the path is not mine. I just follow. And I'll tell you this, if we do not stand up, who's going to? So the time is now. And we all do need to do our part, and especially to save the innocence. You know, we're adults. We know how to handle that, but our children do not. And we need to stand up, defend them, and, and give them the right foundation so they can go be wonderful individuals in the future. Absolutely. They're the future, future of our country. That's right. And what they learn, what they get taught in schools will be the direction of our nation where it heads in the future. That's correct. And it's so, been such a privilege and an honor to be here, Marcus. I cannot tell you how, how truly thankful I am. Well, listen, God bless you in your mission and your ministry, and I hope uh, you can come back in the future and and share with us how much you've grown and you've expanded and how many lives that you've touched through your through your school. I think it's wonderful, and I'm, gl- I'm very happy that we could showcase you here today on the Firm America podcast. Thank you. I look forward to it. All right. Thanks so much. Maura Hamilton from the Hamilton Liberty Academy joined us today. Wonderful story. Uh, everybody go check them out. And if you're interested, please get in touch with her. Got all the information. I'll put that in our description box here in the podcast. And again, thanks for joining us today. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Maura Hamilton from the Hamilton Liberty Academy. I think we've all discussed on the podcast before the importance of education and not to be indoctrinating our young people with critical race theory and transgenderism and LGBTQ and pronouns, these are all things that are really destructive to our youth. And it's great to see that these alternative educational systems are beginning to spring up. I think that's what we need. We need competition in education. 
Public schools can't be the monopoly. We need to break them up and allow for us to have school choice. Ms. Ham- Mrs. Hamilton is leading the way. And uh, so if you need more information, please contact her at hamiltonlibertyacademy.com. I'll put that down in the uh, description box. And again, uh, thanks for joining us on this uh, special edition of the Affirm America podcast. Have a wonderful rest of the weekend, and we'll see you on Monday morning here on the Affirm America podcast. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great, and we affirm it.